I want to enjoy being outside too. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, hiking is definitely what I want to do when I when everything opens up. Like, I need that fresh air. I need that connection to nature. I need that reset. You know, like I've been in my room for way too long. Yeah. And I love my room. <laughs> More people are gonna be outside this summer than last summer. I think last summer was a little like wishy-washy. People are still unsure. But now it's like after a whole year, people are like anxious. They're like, get me the fuck out. They just don't care. So people will probably- I still care. I I'm just gonna, you know, do it like in my own little way. Yeah, like still like limit it, but not have it like a whole crazy party, right? Welcome to the Creative Castaways podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Garcia, a.k.a. Mui, a.k.a. Garcia. And I'm here with Mr. Embrack or Daryl Embrack or do you have a nickname? What do people call you? Uh, Mr. Lightskin, but... <laughs> I've never heard that one. <laughs> no, you said it beautifully. Who calls you that? <laughs> Uh, you know, um, uh, we'll get into that later. That's so, a whole uh, other topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about how we met. So actually, it was in your podcast with Jermaine DTE. And I was a guest. And it was yeah topics ever. Because we, we were arguing for like two hours about Chris Brown versus Usher. Oh, man. Yeah. 100%. The end of that podcast was just too lit. I, we, I think you, me, and Jermaine were on the same side for... Uh, Usher. Usher, and then everybody else was on on <laughs> Chris Brown's side. Well, what's that like? And that same, we had that same argument last night with other friends, and it was just funny. It was just bringing back memories. And when you picked Usher, and like it made sense for us at least, because we're like, if there wasn't an Usher, there'd be no Chris Brown. Yep. Um, and that's kind of the standpoint we we stood by and you know once oh. i feel like and because you have obviously a music background um i feel like you have more education on producing and and just that knowledge that other people don't i think i have a little bit more to weigh when it comes to my opinion right you know like i mean the casual listener obviously they're valid right but i mean they're both amazing artists so um that's kind of where we met I know there was like the football game with Jermaine's birthday and then we kind of um, after some time I realized we had like so much um, in common in terms of just like being introverts we've always been like uh, obviously a kind of cast away yeah. the sense of um, being singled out in a group setting um, kind of being the socially awkward person when it comes to just interactions, how to start a conversation, overthinking, like there's just so many <laughs> I was just like, damn. Like, You're just like yeah. <laughs> hitting all of them. Like. <laughs> like, all our conversations have been like so in depth and like great conversations. Like yeah. I never really do voice notes, but like when I have conversations with you, like I feel like it's a must because it's just, it's a lot. I definitely feel like I understand you um, when we're talking on the ones like, you know, you you explain yourself in a way where I can relate because I've been through similar things. So I appreciate that whenever you message me and you give your little nuances and your voice notes yeah. so I can hear what you're saying and I can understand exactly what you mean. All right. And um yeah, like we've only been, I'd say, I'd consider you a friend for what, maybe six, seven months now. And like, 
we don't hang out obviously because of COVID and we're working busy, but like we're, we're, you're good people. So obviously, and you're creative too. And I always like staying around creatives and getting in depth with kind of processes and getting into your world. And obviously you want to get into my world. So I thought this would be the perfect way to start a podcast and kind of dive in with other people and friends. I have so many friends that are creative. So it just made sense in my eyes to just, um, because I, a lot of my friends I know um, very surface level. So I figured this, having this conversation with people would just um, dig deep into like why they do certain things, why they create a certain way. Um, maybe they're better at creating during the day, during at night, just like their routine with things, like just to give me ideas, mm-hmm. give them ideas about what I do. So maybe they can take bits and pieces and put it into their own work, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely key. Understanding how to ask things with people. I know you, you're very inquisitive. Um, you'd ask me like, oh, what do you do in the day? Like, do you go to Epic Pita every day? I'm like, yeah. And then sometimes you'd be like, hey, good morning. You eating yet? I'm like, yeah, like, girl, no, it's because you pay attention. Catch on, <laughs> on to these little things, these little routines. And I know yeah. you're always doing your creative stuff. So, and I love that you send me like your, your music for feedback or just, um, just hearing it just out of a friend. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm thankful that you listen to it, you know, um, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, especially like you and I, we're creatives, right? Like showing your work before it's finished is so hard. Yeah. It's just, it's like giving your, your unborn child to somebody. It's just, you can't do it. Like, <laughs> not <fully cooked. laughs> Sorry? it's not fully cooked. You can't finish. Like you can't give someone like a half-ass meal. Like you just got to give them the whole thing. It's just, you know, you put yeah. into it. So, yeah. So let me yeah. ask you, um, how did you get into music, producing, composing? I know you said briefly that you were doing it in high school, like you took some courses. Um, was that the time then, or were there times before that got you interested? Um, I'd say times before. Um, high school was definitely a honing point. You know, I was figuring out how to do music and you can do it from the computer. Where it all started was from video games, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just playing uh, the Fable franchise. Shout out to Peter Molyneux. Um, just playing these games and I used to want to explore places. I was always at home, but I, I wanted to become and do other things than who I was as a human being. So turns out video games have a lot of beautiful music. And I listened to classical for the first time for in video games. And I just basically pretty much fell in love. Mm-hmm. And I knew from since then, boom, I wanted to make music that would just be everywhere. Films, video games, anime, you name it. Right. And then, so did you stick to classical from then on? Or have you dived into other kind of genres? Well, I think this year I dove into R&B. Um, I sent you a track um, and you listened to it. But um, mostly it's just films and video games, music. Um, things like uh, I'm working on a prison simulator. Um, it, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So you actually play a person who's in prison trying to break out. How do you get into these kind of projects? 
oh, through the power of Facebook. So I just, you know, type in like different things like uh, like Facebook has lots of groups that you can just jump into. And there's like video game and film groups that you can jump into uh, people asking, hey, do you need like you ask them, do you need music or they would ask on the group? Do you, uh, we need music. We need help. This and that. We need a soundscaper. I mean, as a musician, you have to be well-rounded. So you can't just, I mean, you can be very specific in your work, but you, you won't get much work. Mm-hmm. So it's better to be well-rounded and it's better to know a lot of things so that you can dive into like, let's say, um, let's say you need to go deep sea diving and, and sounds underneath water mm-hmm. for Disney. Cause they, they make, movie life right and they go deep sea diving and they capture magnificent looking creatures and they capture like the sounds of the creature and you got to be able to do that so do you feel like it's easier um pinpointing what kind of genre you want to do from the start and then kind of expanding or the other way around where you have that all the different skill sets and different genres and then pinpointing later on it's personalized so like kind of like how you get into your paintings you have your own way of going about it so it's the same thing with music if you're able to be well-rounded from the get-go you're in a better position but if you're just always doing let's say rap beats only if you're doing music um you limit yourself to rap beats only Mm -hmm. and you could get really good um successful you can get success from that, but if you can do a lot more, you're in a way better position. Yeah. Um, so growing up, what were your influences in terms of music? Ooh, uh, Danny Elfman, Hans Zimmer. Danny Elfman, uh, he does The Nightmare Before Christmas. He does a lot of Disney stuff, right? Yeah. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he did... Uh, he did uh, Oh, the Hulk, he's done Terminator. Oh man, he's he's out of this world. Russell Shaw, he did the Fable franchise. The, the, the very first piece of music that I ever took in was Russell Shaw. Um, he's the number one most imper- important person in terms of like my influence. Right. Because his music is just like Handel, for example. He's a very old composer back in Mozart's day, right? Just beautiful, beautiful minds making beautiful music. Yeah. So how would you, because I'm obviously not familiar to the music world. Um, what is the difference between producing and composing? Okay, so composing would be somebody who is able to create the music, melodies, and rhythms. Um, so if you were to sit down and create a song, like write a song and be able to play it back, um on the piano by yourself no computer you would be a composer um a producer is the one who handles handles the music on the screen of a computer for example in layman's terms somebody who puts it all together um yes they can do a little bit of composing but mostly they glue everything together all the instruments together and make it into an mp3 format okay so don't you feel like both kind of go hand in hand like you have to do a bit of producing a bit of composing to get the outcome 
they go hand in hand. You're right. But they're different for a reason. There's a lot of people who just simply don't know how to make it into an MP3 format or put multiple things together to make it sound nice. Mm -hmm. But they're able to produce it physically by playing it. Um, it's two types of minds that you have to have in order to be both. And which one so, do you prefer? Do you prefer the composing? I don't know. Like as time goes on, it seems like I'm more of a producer than a composer, but I'm really good at composing. Mm -hmm. So I'd say about 60, 40 uh, for producing versus composing. But you have that hat where you can switch back and forth too, right? Yeah, I had to develop it. Okay. Because I'm not paying these fees out here. <laughs> yes. So when you were in school, did they um, specifically teach you classical music? Is that how you got into it? In school, yeah. They, they do have um, the curriculum based on classical or jazz, depending on which school you go to. Um, but I took lessons as a child, like for piano, um, just because I figured out that I was good. So... Do you feel like you have an upper hand in terms of like learning an instrument? Versus somebody who doesn't know the instrument? Yeah. I mean, you could think that way, but then there's other people who do electronic dance music and they use one click of a finger and they, they create hits. Right. Right. I just feel like it's um, almost like a lost art for me listening to like the music world like all the producers and stuff, um, you get like one end where there's people like her that like are amazing. They know every goddamn instrument in the world. <laughs> and then the Don't other get me started. where they just have like how you said, just the little soundboard. And my dad always has some sort of hate towards that because he's always like, that's not real music. There's no instruments. And this is just the bait that we have. Um, <laughs> I feel like I understand your dad yeah <laughs> but but I, I also disagree because music is just anything that moves you in my eye if it moves you it's music um it doesn't necessarily have to be your style there's some things that like some people could just whistle and and go like this and right. call it music right but then there's others like her for example they have whole ensembles of everything and then she's rocking out with her guitar pick and everything's crazy with her shades on just looking like such a badass <laughs> i know i know my sister she needs to she needs to do better than hers though <laughs> <laughs> um are you a concert junkie at all i wish honestly i went to a one concert it was bow wow and that's it really <laughs> why, why, why would you pick him someone that's like it wasn't my choice <laughs> i was one of those <laughs> yeah it's because you know when, back when he was when he was popping like it, i was young so i was dragged i, I it, it wasn't it was out of my head <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> yeah um so what are your top three artists right now or artists that influence you now? Um, well, since I'm doing more R&B, I would say definitely Black. Oh, who else would I say? Um, I'm trying to think of male artists. Rap first and then got into kind of R&B after. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I was following him even before Free, uh, the album. Yeah. Oh, man. He... <laughs> 
if he really goes hard, I think he'll be like top top ten, top five. Yeah, if he if he really goes hard. Um, any others? Um, I went with black. Who else would I go with? Uh, honestly, it's kind of a throwback, but music soul child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to incorporate some music soul child in uh, some other tracks that I'm doing. Um, I think I'm somewhat successful not to pat my back or anything but you know okay like for you when you do a painting right and you're really confident in your painting don't you just like feel like like you feel nice like um that last that feeling i had last was probably um the kobe one yeah like just a friend of a friend okay. <laughs> like oh you were the one that did the kobe painting like it was just it was just crazy like people that i don't even know know this painting um yeah and people just share this on social media and i was just like damn like and i did that in three weeks like usually because i'm working what? i yeah because i'm working full-time um and i just do my social media and now i'm doing this like i kind of have to span my span out my work during the weekends and such but i did that in like three weeks because it was a birthday request so it was for one of my old boss's birthday for a surprise um, and the reaction out of that was like insane. Like, oh my gosh, how how did you feel when you were when you were first starting it? Like, was it was it uh, something that the person asked you to do, or was it just out of your mind? Like, yeah. So she showed me that specific like pose and image of him, and then we kind of like had the discussion of like what colors we wanted to use because um, at First, she showed me some other photos that were, I think, were a little too busy. Like, I like mm. paintings that are um, mostly, like, black and white portraits or, like, the face and body will be um, black and white or grayscale. And then, like, the accents will be, like, the bright colors on the clothes and, like, those details. Like, I really do like doing that. Um, so Sounds very eye-popping. Yeah, like I like showing like the vibrant colors. Um, so we had the discussion of like doing that and she just trusted me too. Um, and then the last kind of detail I put was the the background of it. There's like that little kind of splash of the yellow in the background. Cause before mm. that there was, it was, I just left it white. Um, and then she, she was like, oh yeah, I think it needs more pop. Cause um, it was just bare. And then once I added the yellow, it was like a light, wash so where you just get the acrylic paint it's just yellow and then you add more water than the paint so it kind of waters it out um and it's still a little opaque so when you run it through then it's it um you can kind of you can still see kobe but like you can still see that light wash over top oh okay so it adds a a little bit of soul character to the more character and then there's more like action towards like his his more movement too like when he's in that pose so mm-hmm. yeah it, it, that one blew up like my i i definitely had that like cocky feeling <laughs> yeah right like um, i mean in my eyes you're one of the best painters i've ever seen um <laughs> just because i don't know much painters but at the same time your level you can tell an artist can tell when you look at something you can tell how much layers that they put into it mm-hmm um, I look at things like layers. Right. Do you, can you tell that, or can you see the difference in that in terms of music too? Like, how do you know when someone's like a true 
composer or true producer? Because I know like for the artist world, there's like people that put so much effort and time into their pieces. And then there's other artists, the complete other spectrum that put like the one little paintbrush stroke and they're done. Like, is that the, mm-hmm. same the music world? 100%. I think it's the same in the painting world. I think it's the same in the cooking world. Mm-hmm. The more layers and, and the more taste you have, putting different levels for different things and adding your flavor. Right. I think it, that's what creates the soul. It's the sum of its parts that go together. Um, like, I, I would say, like, in today's music, yeah. mainstream music, I think that there's a lot of artists out there that aren't really artists. Like, they're not really... They're not really musicians. Let's just go with that. But their producer is able to morph whatever they put in the microphone and make it basically a hit. Um, when I listen to, this is my preference, by the way, but Kodak Black, when I listen to him, I don't think that he's good. Mm. I think his, his beat choices are good. I think that like, you know, like uh, uh, his producer did the levels of his voice okay and they doubled it and they phased it and they put some echo. But <sighs> compare him to like an artist like who's on his level, but uh, <sighs> uh, I'm just going to name Black, whatever, right? Black has, has rapped before. Um, and he's actually rapped on one song with Kodak. Uh, really? You got to send me that. Yeah. <laughs> it's with Kodak and, and, and a girl. Something about like, uh, I think it's called Spar. Okay. And it was, yeah. It was about a, a fighting Trump, basically. Uh, um, well, at least one part of it was about fighting Trump. He wants to spar with Trump. <laughs> But I think it was more of like a metaphor. He wants to spar with the people who are on top, but like Trump was obviously a good name to spew out there. But when I hear when I hear black, there's so many layers and he and he actually puts thought into his words. Forget the singing. If we both put rap to rap, he has better flow, he has better ideas and and well-rounded thoughts. Right. And his words leave a lasting impression on you. You remember what he says. I can't remember a word Kodak says. Right. Because he's just more of a viber. But even then, he's not even top five. He's not even top ten. No. You know? So that, like, do you pick and choose which artists you want to work with? For you? Uh, well, yeah, any producer can pick and choose who they want to work with. Um just like you, you can pick and choose who who uh, your clients are. Right. Um, I would choose Black any day, just because I know like like it's gonna be fun. He's gonna have creative ideas, and he's gonna be engaging with with your style. He's gonna be very fluent. It's like having a, a great client um, who's not too pushy. They have their own ideas and aligns with yours. Right. and it aligns with your style then so it's like you're missing out on kodak blacks all of his um fan base that you're missing out on 
Like, and that's okay. You're okay with that? And that's okay. Because there's so many other artists that you can vibe with. Sorry? I feel like Kodak Black has more fans than, than Black. Like he has a bigger audience, I find. And he's all over TikTok. He's all over these other uh, platforms. Kodak, somewhat, but not as prevalent as Black. Um, I'll agree to disagree with I feel that. Like Kodak Black is more of a character in a sense than Black is. What do you mean? Like he's he's like a troll. Like he's just like this social media personality where Black. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's like his music in a sense would shine more because there's this backing where people enjoy the the character behind the music, right? Yeah. Okay. I could see that. I mean, I don't really follow Kodak to the point where I know he's a troll like that. I know that he's, I know that he's very eccentric. But yeah. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And he has his opinions and yep. he's known to be a little bit misogynistic, but I mean, when it comes to producing, like you're saying, I think like if you want to hit and you want to have fun while doing it, go black. If you want a hit and you want to have like or a smaller hit i should say yeah and you want to just be with your friends drink and not really pay attention to the music all that much i'd go kodak right yeah there's different genres for sure um what projects have you worked on i did see on your social media you did um actually a film um how did you get that project um well this goes like you got to know people right um in order to get higher profile stuff than what you did yesterday for example um you would need to know and, and integrate with people um at parties at events at anywhere you can go film festivals i knew kelvin amori who did the film that i wrote for he created the film that I wrote for. Um, I knew him since high school. So it was out of sheer luck that he needed a favor and I stepped in. Um, and he he's also doing a, um, a documentary later on this year. And I'm supposed to be writing music for that as well. Um, yeah, but definitely if you, if you want more catalog, you definitely have to go and go into the trenches and go to those conventions and talk to people, make friends, shake their hand. But once you know one person, usually they're connected to another. So it kind of helps to daisy chain from somebody you already know. Mm-hmm. That's what I would, you know, give as a advice to somebody who are like us, like introverts. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, you did tell me this in a previous conversation through our voice notes, obviously. Um, you told me that I thought it was super interesting because you were saying, I'm not the, you know the word for it, but you said you could, when you're listening to music, you can actually see colors. Tell us a little yes. About that. Yes. Um, the name actually <laughs> escapes my brain right now as well. Um, but it's essentially like, it essentially is a is a phenomenon that lets you experience s- something sensory with multiple uh, 
senses. <laughs> How do I explain this? So it's like I hear something, but I also feel it on my skin and I can almost see it. Like in my mind, I can almost see colors of different things that react to the sound that I'm hearing. So are they just um, shapes? Like how would you describe like the actual visual? For mine, it's like seeing through the eyes of somebody who's, uh, who doesn't, who needs glasses. Right, right. Okay. It's, it's very blurry. Yeah. So it's, it's like different lights, but blurry lights around me. And it's not just in my face, it's behind me as well. Mm, so it's like a 3D type of experience. Yeah. And let's say uh, for myself, I hear the horns and I see bright brass colors. But depending on the the phasing or the colors of the brasses, it will change color. Um, but usually brass would be uh, in the yellow section. And then uh, strings like cello or bass would be more of a maroon color. And I would see it down beneath me. Interesting. Is that just because of the color of the actual instrument itself? Or is it just the tone of the music too? I think it has to do with, yes, I think there's an influence with what's been painted in our minds in the orchestra, because obviously you see yellow as brass, but all, but it does alter when somebody puts like a filter over the sound to make it sound different. And it adds color to those colors and mixes and creates new colors. Right. And, and when did you, when were you able to, to do this? Was this a child thing, childhood thing growing up? Yeah. The very first song that I listened to called Oakvale by Russell Shaw, the very first song that I actually paid attention to, that's when I heard it and, and I felt it and I saw the colors and it just blew my mind. I'm literally sitting at home underneath, like, like in front of my couch, Mm-hmm. Holding the Xbox controller, well, like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally, it just, it just for whatever reason, and that's how it started. Cool, that is that's, that's always something that blew my mind. I'm sure not all artists could do it, but the fact that I know someone that can is just yeah, it's neat. Um, Apparently, Kanye can, so I'm happy. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He's just in a whole different mind state. Terms. I think it's called syn- synesthesia. Synesthesia. Yeah. Um, let's talk a bit about your childhood. Um, obviously, it wasn't perfect. You had some ups and downs. How did that influence your music? And um, how was that? I know for you, I'm sure it was an escape. So tell me a little bit more about your experience. Well, Interestingly enough, I only let it interfere with my music. I call it interference because it does taint it. Um, I only let it interfere like maybe a maximum of five times, three or five times. Um, Ten years ago, I wrote a song called Anadonium, and it's up on YouTube, but uh, that's an old YouTube account. I can't remember. Um, And I did it as a ode to like a death of a certain part of me that will definitely um, take this podcast to a darker place. But 
maybe just a handful of times I actually ever implemented that dark side of me to music. Um, but I usually would put it towards horror scenes. Okay. So I've done I've done music for um, the end of a horror movie before, um, like the end credits, and I used that to my advantage to make it sound like evil. Mm-hmm. So it's you kind of to that mental state of what you've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure it's it's probably hard to get out of too to bring yourself back. Um. Yeah, I'd say so. I think you know me better than I know myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had to think about that, honestly. Yeah, um, in the moment, it doesn't feel like it. I guess, you know, as a man, you want to say, yeah, no, nah, I'm cool. I could just snap out of it. But yeah. in reality, well, back then, it took me a long time to get out of certain funks, mm-hmm. especially if I'm really into just expressing how I'm feeling or how somebody else is feeling, that's my favorite. I like to always guesstimate like how somebody else is feeling and I'll put it on the track. I don't know why I do that, but I like doing that. Yeah, because music, any kind of creative, there's always some sort of emotion behind it. So what what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Intention, a lot of times. Um, I do take... I do take responsibility for half of what I do because half of the time I know it's me and then the other half it's a misunderstanding um a lot of times I would be asking wrong questions at the wrong time Uh, my intentions are good but who I'm around and what I ask is probably not the best sometimes I'll be intoxicated and ask a, a certain question to somebody when I'm not supposed to right but I have to take responsibility because I was the one who drank Um, and nobody told me to drink except me. So So the fact that um, just the wrong place, the wrong time kind of situation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, And also like, you know, I'm not afraid to apologize when I need to. Mm -hmm. I apologize to people. You know, I I do my due diligence when it comes to, uh, my rap sheet with people or at least i try um doesn't always work and it never will but yeah i feel like just being an introvert like people tend to think that we're closed off or that we don't want to be bothered and we could be kind of negative or not approachable but that's something that people don't understand because obviously we're both introverts and we have the best conversations <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that people that are introverts don't want to talk at all, but it's just a matter of comfort and, and not being afraid. Like just, there's no judgment. I feel like judgment is super important. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, with us, there's this just openness and it is what it is kind of thing. And I don't feel like I've ever stepped on your toes in any way, or there's just this understanding between us. And it's always just been like that. Um, probably cause we relate so much and it's been great. And I like yeah. here into your world. And obviously I want to learn more about you after some time. 
um, obviously hear more about your music, listen to your music. Um, I noticed too, like on your social media, you don't really share any of your music um, or post as much. What is the reasoning for that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In the famous words of Black, never give a ninja sauce. He might run off with it all. (laughs) So I feel like when I work on something, it's valuable because it's unique. And whenever I see another artist like yourself, or like mm, Travis Scott, or like mm, Kanye, um, those giants, I see they don't really follow too much of the crowd. They have their own style. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody who has a style like Travis Scott. Um, And if they do, it it literally sounds like the Toys R Us version. It just doesn't sound good. yeah I, I mean that's what it is so whenever i make music um i'll share it to people i trust um it's hard it's hard because you know like i'm not used to doing it but like i'm trying really hard to get out of that you know because otherwise who am i going to you know bypass it too I need somebody else who has a good ear who will tell me, yo, your, your music stinks. Like stop. Or, (laughs) or you know what? I need to hear it. So that like, I know I'm on the right track and not just liking my own music. (laughs) Right. You need that outside perspective or just, um, any perspective mm-hmm. really than your own or else you're going to keep doing the same thing, thinking you're right the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because your ego sets in. Um, at least mine does. <laughs> so do you have like a close circle when it comes to sharing your music? You- uh, yourself, Jermaine, uh, yourself, Jermaine. what does your family think about your music oh okay so i i played my music in the car okay i was with my my pops right i don't have a car right now so i wanted to hear how it sounded with a car system yeah and i told my father specifically not to say anything (laughs) welcome to the parent life they always yeah (laughs) <laughs> I specifically told him to shut his yapper and I heard my music in the car and he's like wow that's you I didn't know I was you wow. I was like hmm, that's good feedback a week he asks me publicly in front of all my family members so how's the music going the one that you showed me you know you're singing right yeah yeah the one that you're singing dad so you don't you don't tell them that you do your music or you're no so, but you're in your room all the time. They have to know something's up. <laughs> I mean, no, they don't. Um, only my sister really knows because I'm working on like a track with her, but that's about it. My, well, now my, everybody knows because, you know, my dad's a big loud mouth, but <laughs> Um, it's just moments like those where like they spoil the surprise. It just, <sighs> yeah. Now do but, you show them the end result? That's what I want to do. I wanted to just show them the end result, not show them the process. Right. 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 
just like how you wouldn't really want to show like somebody who you would potentially sell your stuff the process not what appeals to them like what appeals to them is the final track or the final painting right i didn't yeah. notice with the social media world though people um like seeing these artists and characters um and they actually appreciate the the work in progress now i see a lot of artists or composers or just any creative they they show the the reels or the stories with um videos of their in between works of cooking something or um yeah in progress painting or those like really fast videos where you just see like the beginning to the end um, well, those time-lapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called, the time-lapse. Um, have you thought about doing those at all? Um, <laughs> I don't want to sound corny, but, like, I want to wait till, like, I'm established to do that. Because I feel like if I do that now, that I don't have, like, much of a catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to do it and I have, like, 100,000 followers or something, well, then it's worthy of sharing you know you don't think that the uh, progress will like attract people too because i feel like you can get to the hundred thousand i mean not like the, the number matters obviously it's your own mm-hmm. be happy regardless um but with social like i feel like you could definitely step it up and just be a little bit more vulnerable in that sense mm. my uh, introvert senses are tingling and saying you know <laughs> I know it's something uh, that's obviously uncomfortable with, but even just for me and as a friend, like I'd love to see more, more posts or more things about your process or why you do the things you do, um, why you pick a certain beat or a specific guitar riff. Um, just little stuff like that would be would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would, but like I feel like it would it would just hit harder if if I had like. The followers who would care to look at my energy could be directed towards more honing of my own authentic skill. Mm. Um, selfish or not, that's pretty much how I think, unfortunately. Yeah. So for sure, some people just stick to their lane and it works, and some people try new things and um, actually trying new things. Are there any kind of genres you want to step out of or try? other than just the classical or the R&B? Well, I'm doing the trying with the R&B right now. Um, but if I were to do another genre, I would probably go... Uh, I would probably... Ooh, disco. Disco, really? You know what? I was going to yeah. say... I was going to say EDM because I remember we were having the, the conversation about like you love going to raves and I was like, really, Daryl? Yeah. I've never been... Well, I've been to like one or two like in Vancouver, they had these like after party kind of things. So it was from like three or four after the club to like six, seven. So I used to go with like, I went one or two times with some of my friends, but it's just like this thumping beat and like it's yeah. hours. And it was something that I've never experienced, but like I glad I was glad I did because it was just a completely different world. And all the people are so friendly, whether they're on drugs or not. Like that's just- what I like open to like they're just so free like it's just it's just so nice to be around Mm -hmm. and i didn't know you were into that and when i heard that i was like really like um it is i like that the only thing like i would go by myself 
like i wouldn't have like friends or anything like i i would bring friends if they're into it but like for me i would go to like places like comfort zone uh by myself comfort zone when when it used to be open um (laughs) sorry it is comfort zone uh, it's not a place for children. <laughs> it's not a place for the lighthearted either. Um, you have to be very certain of yourself because there's people who abuse drugs there. Uh, but for me, I go for selfish reasons. I go because... Is it like a club? It's like an underground club. Okay. Like all types of weirdos go there. Honestly. Sometimes I'm kind of creeped out, but the music is is the prize for me. Whenever I go, like I can feel the music through my body, and it it's just a different experience with music there. Um, picture it like headphones to the movie theater. Right. I feel like it's this euphoric experience that that people have. Where mm-hmm. they- just be themselves or tap into this other part of themselves and just like let loose like it's yeah i I, i'm not there to like bond with other people i'm literally there because the dj is (laughs) great they play some music i've never heard and the music just (sighs) inexplicable last thing let's let's bring it up a notch um your favorite your favorite ad lib like when I was thinking about this question, like I instantly thought Migos, but just, I feel like <laughs> that's their go-to thing. Right. But, um, what, what are your favorite kind of music ad libs? Bow, bow, bow. No, I'm playing that. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm into like, I'm into like people who have like musical ad libs. They have like, you know, Janae, Aiko, she kind of, she says that, yeah, and she kind of, like, tunes it. Like, I don't know how how she does it, but, like... Yeah, she has really good ones, because she's very melodic with her her sound. And she, interestingly enough, she does the ad-libs, like, for Big Sean. Like, I can hear that she she is, like, a very big influence on his ad-libs. When, uh, when you hear Big Sean, he's rapping, and, like, in the background, he goes... I, 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 I don't know how to do it with my own voice, but it goes in. Listen now. Yeah. Them two like, together she, is like amazing. And she's she's influenced him a lot like lately, especially like his new album. Um now with the classic. way he dresses, his whole like mind state in terms of like meditating now. Um last thing I would say, where can people find you? In terms of your music, your social, pl- plug yourself, talk, talk your shit. <laughs> talk my shit. All right. Um, <laughs> um, well, my name is Daryl Embrack. You can find me on Facebook, um, D-A-R-Y-L-E-M-B-R-A-C-K. Um, my socials, you can type in my name, <laughs> Daryl. And you will be able to find me on Instagram. You'll be able to find me on, uh, what's that? What's that one that kids have? Uh, uh, Snapchat. (laughs) I don't use Snapchat. No, you have to talk. (laughs) Oh, no. They took off Black Lives Matter hashtag. So, uh, yeah, I I deleted TikTok. 
But um, yeah, uh, pretty much the only places that you can find me are Facebook and I guess uh, Snapchat. But that's pretty much it. Or Instagram. Um, yeah. Any new projects or new things you're working on right now? Yeah, I'm working on a game called Snitches Prison. They're going to change the name to Prison Sim- Prison Simulator, I believe. Um, I'm also working on a documentary um, yet to be titled, uh, but the uh, director is Calvin Omori. Um, you can find him also on um, Instagram socials. Um and you know my sister's working on her little uh ep project and uh hopefully i'm featured on it nice. um uh yeah uh, that's about it that's all that i'm really working on other than you know obviously podcast dt yeah yeah also hero podcasts if people didn't know too so on dte you and jermaine um where obviously we met um and I'm sure I'll be on there too, uh, with you to talk about more art stuff, deeper conversations. You and Daryl, or you and Jermaine. Um, yeah, more more to come with Daryl. And it was uh, good to have you on here. Good to have this conversation. I feel I felt like I learned a lot in a span of an hour, to be honest. <laughs> and, you know, you it was a pleasure, honestly. I love laughing and talking with you. So we always kicks it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let you to it. Thank you for, for being a guest on here. We'll have, I'm sure, more conversations to come. And uh, I'll talk to you later.